特訓の成果を見せてあげるわ Hey everybody, this is Random Chatterings episode 16. I'm Arlo Rodriguez. You are currently listening to part 3 of our massive discussion about Japanese animation. So let's not waste any more time and let's get back to the show. And we're back! And. God damn it, Gary. Now we're. In, in, in the break, I actually got my new MP3 player because I wanted to not use my phone in bed and it sucks. Donkey dick. <laughs> and、uh, we're, we're trying to shake off all our giggles, just trying to get back to work.、So. But thankfully, thankfully, our next series will make it kind of easy for us. Setokai Yako Indomo. Which, which, as Gary called it, is Sex Jokes the Anime. Setakai Yako Indomo,、um, which by the way I drilled into his head to pronounce correctly,、um, is basically, well, it, it is what it is. It sucks jokes the anime. It follows the main character, Suda, who、uh, goes to this new school that used to be all girls, but now it's co ed. And... But he's the only other boy. No, he's, he's like, there's like, the there's like three other guys、oh, right, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem with those guys is that they can't control their teenage hormones. So we're, 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 they're, they're, they're shameful. To,、yep. to say the least. Um, <laughs> and Suda、um, basically joins the student council, which consists of the president, Shino,、um, tre- the vice, the vice, vice president, president Aria. Aria, and I think she's like Treasure Hagimura,、yeah. which is basically this really short girl who is extremely intelligent, has an IQ of 180, can speak、you、over know, 20 ten- languages, and can do 10 digit math calculations. With just her <laughs> wink, and she. I can do 10 digit, <laughs> digit math equations with the inner mind or whatever, the hell, that, whatever the hell she repeats every day.、Um, and Aryo, who is、uh, super filthy rich, and Shino, who is basically an all perfect student. Her only flaw is that she loves talking about sex. The, both of them. Both of them are perverted, and the,、yeah. the series basically follows Suda's experiences with the student council with every now and then、uh, sexual oriented jokes in some way or another. Innuendo and. Innuendos and other types of、uh, interesting jokes. Like, <laughs> interesting uh, uh, humor. I- interesting humor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Like, there's, there's nothing else to it. The problem with the series is that it goes so far with being. Alright, we're gonna do as. We're gonna fit in as many sex jokes as possible. Is that it's a hidden miss series? Is the hidden miss series that we've seen so far because some of the because they sometimes make puns and sexual sexual jokes that are really funny, and sometimes it's oh god. We have the character who's like Hata, who's the photographer for the newspaper club, and she's always trying to take perverted pictures of, of all the students so that she can sell them. Yeah, she, she just, cares about the profits. Just thinking, what's gonna make me the most money? And it's just like jokes like that. Like, this is the first series that actually, like, even Yuri Yuri made me uncomfortable, but that's just because I just didn't see this kind of humor before. But this one really ramped up the oh my god, how much, how much could we care less about what we think about the audience? Some episodes are like the episode that we saw was actually pretty funny. It was like a parody of like ghost of ghost shows that we l i s a g i m u r a is actually kind of scared of, ghosts and stuff like that. But then. 
I mean, the the the, the takeaway moment of the series is is I think it, it parallels. I think uh, I don't know if I'm correct. You can correct me on this. Suda and Hagimura, I think, are they're having like a moment together. Like they're like he's at her house and they're oh, studying yeah. together. Yeah, but he she falls on her. <laughs> but at the same time, Arya and Shino are also on like a, a field trip because Arya and Shino are the older classmen while Suda and Hagimura are one year up un under them. And um, um, th this show has nothing to lose. No, it does not. <laughs> it, it just doesn't give a fuck. Like, well, one, um, one of the jokes was in Japanese, I think it's like Ginpa is a golden temple, but Ginpa cool is bondage <laughs> so <laughs> instead of saying i want to go to the golden temple because that's the field trip they're like i want to go to the king paku temple which is bondage um and basically while um hagimura falls on suda and it basically has this really it implies <laughs> it's funny because the mother walks in and she's like oh this is interesting. <laughs> it's just like, she's not even like shocked. She's just like, oh, this is interesting. Hagimura's finally getting some. <laughs> but then at the same time, Arya and Shino are trying to feed deers. And the deer climbs on top of Shino and just starts... Starts humping her. Starts humping her. <laughs> and Arya reacts the same way the mother does. Oh, oh this, is interesting. this is interesting. And that's... That's like the that's the apex of the whole series. I, there's another season of this, and I guess we're watching it because we're completionists. But because all he wants to do is just make jokes constantly, and there's not really that much character development. And I and you know how much I love my character development. It just, just carries me on from one day to the next. It just wants. To, it's just shock value. It's like it's like Family Guy. It's like a but it's like a sex focused Family Guy. I think that's what it is. The, the premise is interesting on its own, definitely, but it's, as, it, it's, for me, it wasn't more of a hit and miss, it was more like a hit and what the fuck did she just say? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's basically the kind of person, like, if you can take a few sexual jokes in this, uh, series, it's pretty funny, but if not, then, eh, watch one episode and see how you feel. Yeah, that's, that's a summation of that. Oh, jeez, let's, let's, uh, let's... Let's get the palate cleanser out here and move on to our next series. Love Live the School Idol Project. Love Live! Love Idol! This is an interesting series because this, the cynic in me sees that, okay, this is supposed to be school idols. So, obviously, this series is going to have its own songs, it's going to have its own marketing team, it's going to have a movie, it's going to have like multiple seasons, it's going to ramp up in popularity. And yet, it's also a pretty compelling series. The series focuses on the fact that Honoka Kozaka and her two friends, Yumi and Kotori, are basically go to the school that is going to be shut down because it is not popular and no one is applying. Even Honoka's own sister is saying, I don't know if I want to apply because no one's really going to be applying with me, so yeah. there's no point. So Honoka says, okay, so we need to make the, uh, the school more popular. And when she was on her way to the first day of school, like as a upperclassman, she saw, she went to this school that doesn't even look like a school, that shit looks like a fucking corporation. <laughs> and it's basically home to one of the most popular school idol groups, A-Rise. And the, the song they play is, I think, Private Wars. Is it a, is it a real group? I don't think so. Okay, okay. It's just made for the anime. Yeah, it's just okay. made for the anime. And uh, Honoka notices that, you know, because of A-Rise and how they're the most popular school idol group, that she notices that, oh, so 
schools that have school idols are really popular and get a lot of applications. Yeah. So maybe if we create a school idol group, then we'll be able to stop the school from closing down. Yeah. And the whole series, well, season one, because we haven't seen season two yet, but the, the season one <clears throat> focuses on how Honeka creates this group of eventually nine members in order to stop the school from closing down. And yeah. it, it its episodes are more casual. I, I would classify it as a slice of life anime um, because the first couple episodes focuses on how to get more groups yeah. and there's like songs every every episode. I think there was a song. Uh, no, some episodes. Some episodes there was a song. But but they're all catchy. They're all sweet. I love the, the songs. And the opening has been like drilled into our heads. <laughs> like we could just hear it for like two seconds and we'd be like, oh, Love life. But, but, but I think what I was a little worried about, because when Gary told me about the series, and I was really suspicious and cynical about it, I wasn't, wait, there's nine characters? I don't think I've ever seen any TV show that's able to have nine main characters. And this did it pretty well. They each have very distinct personalities. They have different motivations for being in the school idol group, like uh, Umi, uh, Yumi... Yumi wants to support um, Honaka and Kotori, and they want to help with their efforts, but she also kind of wants to be more sociable. Um, the other ones, and uh, I'll try to mention this one so these are as fast as possible. Hanayo dreams of being an idol. Um, Rin just kind of just kind of just. Rin did it because Hanayo did, and she yeah, wanted yeah. to support her. Yeah. Okay, so Maki Chan is basically um, someone who has a beautiful singing voice. Uh, she's probably the best singer of the group, according to Honeka, anyways. And she can't really get uh, over her shyness that she wants to sing and show her voice to everyone. So, and Honeka really struggled to get her to join the group, but she mm -hmm. finally does. And then there's also uh, Ellie, who is the president of the student council. And she joins the same reason Honeka does, but at first she doesn't take uh, school idol seriously yeah. because she finds it stupid. Because when you really think about it, compared to like professional dancers, because she used to be a professional ballet, uh, it just seems like kind of simplified. It seems, it seems, like it's a kind it seems of a, amateur. A bastardized version of of dance. And her partner Nozomi, who basically focuses her life based on fortune cards, um, knew from the very start that the group would um, flourish yep. once they got their ninth member, which was Nozomi. Uh, Nico was. <laughs> Nico, Nico, me! Hanata, Nico, Nico, me! I just know the first part. <laughs> Nico is somebody who wanted to be, who was an idol at some point, but they had to break up for a group because like, they just had separate differences or they had creative differences. Never told us. But broke. basically, she, but she knows what it is to be an idol. She has like a, an extensive collection of idol, idol merchandise in her in her club room, and that's that's eventually becomes the club room of Muse, which is the name of the school idol group, which means uh, goddess, nine goddesses, the nine goddesses. But Nico finally has finds another opportunity to to perform in another school idol group with, with Muse. But what I do really appreciate about this series is how believable it wants you to feel like what a school group is because in the first three episodes we see how much physical pain Honoka, uh, Yumi, and Kotori are willing to put themselves in to become better dancers, become better singers. And then on the episode-by-episode episode basis do we get more characters introduced very slowly and then eventually we get all the characters and... Why, why they all fit in the group, why they have such a great relationship with each other, but they still also have their own struggles, and even Kotori, which I had thought she thought for a long time, was just kind of, oh, well, she's just Honoka's best friend, and there she's just doing it. Then there's an episode on, on Kotori alone, about how she felt the same way that we were feeling about her, and tries to become more independent. This anime has very cute songs, it's slice of life, but at the same time it does have a plot, because 
um, they're trying to stop the school from closing down. And even after that happens, they still have a. a uh, after they prevent it from happening. Yeah, they actually. <laughs> important thing to point out. After they finally stop the school from closing down, then they still have uh, goals to enter tournaments or compete mm -hmm. with A-Rise. And yeah. we haven't seen season two, but I'm pretty sure it follows that suit. And I would recommend this uh, idol anime to anyone who just likes cute songs, Slice of Life. It, it's They're casual episodes, but they're all interesting in their own way. And you see how the group grows from episode one of just uh, Honeka and then Umi, Katori, and then the rest. And it's it's really interesting, right? But they have their own they have their own believable conflicts. They have their own believable um, weaknesses and strengths. And there's a few episodes when Gary was almost crying out, saying, "This is supposed to be about schoolgirls dancing and singing," which what the shows fuck the shifts. The, I mean, the the believable shifts in tone that the series gets. In. And one of my favorite scenes actually is the first scene when they're just it's just it's just Kotori, Honaka, and Yumi singing in for a, an empty crowd. And the hesitation that Honoka feels like when she's just standing up, just standing there, that's, that, that, that flash of happiness of just everything's okay, and then that burst into tears. It knows when is the appropriate time to have those moments happen, and then, and then it just gets that much more intense. Like, and then Gary, and then it'll, it'll like make Gary make remarks like, this is supposed to be about school girls dancing. It, it's, it'll surprise you. It'll surprise you. I, I didn't. And as we'll probably see in a trend throughout this throughout this podcast, <laughs> I didn't give it my chance, and and it, it's definitely worth watching. Now on to our next series, which has so many fucking characters, not even going to bother. Contact collection, um, which is, <laughs> which I also did give a chance. I, I, I'm saying this a lot, <laughs> but that's because the premise is, and it sounds a little cheesy, maybe even a little ridiculous when I say it. And it says, oh, of course, an anime does something like this. It's, it's, it's high school girls that are battleships, and yet this series again, uh, technically surprised by how, how, how far it takes its premise, but how unpredictable it also was, in general, because I kind of thought, okay, there's a new. We, we, we follow Fubuki, who's the new... Um, hey, Buki! Hey, Buki! Who's the new entrant into the, the academy. And I kind of just thought, okay, well, she's just going to be taking classes, she's going into battles, alright, fine. And then, they just kill off one of the main characters, and then, wow, I was not expecting that. And then we see the characters dealing with grief, and... Wow, this series has a lot more potential than I gave it credit for. It follows her struggles to prove that she is not worthless. Fubuki is uh, a main... I think she's a, a ship destroyer? Destroyer, yeah. Ship destroyer. And, well, well, first of all, yes, they are all ships. Teenage girl ships. But the, the way it focuses that is that they're basically all human. They run, they eat, sleep. Etc. But when they go into battle, they li their literal guns are attached to them on their legs, mm -hmm. arm, shoulder, and etc. To make them more uh, realistic to the actual ships to an extent. Yeah. But they still keep their human bodies. And when they are damaged, they uh, repair themselves in a sort of repair spa by just yeah. bathing. 
I guess. Yeah. So, um, well, Fubuki tries to prove her uh, herself to the Admiral, who specifically chose her for all these missions. The anime basically follows uh, all these missions, and it does get a bit casual, a bit slice of life, like the curry contest. And then there's also where uh, Fubuki is just training, going on night runs, and her her idol is this uh, ship that's called Akagi, who she refers to Akagi Senpai. Um, but basically she is like one of the best ships like in the entire, I guess, base. Yeah. And she really looks up to her because of not only her ability, but her optimistic attitude and the fact that she eats like a truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she would just like put like a pot of rice and it'll be gone within like five minutes. Not to mention that, that I also love the character designs, um, in the series alone. Well, the, the character designs of the battleships. Because um, she's an Akagi's an archer, but the archers let out uh, fighter ships or f- fighter planes out of their arrows. Out of their arrows. It's just that's so cool. And her like little tiny details, like the fact that her her bow is is an air carrier base or something. Yeah, that's the yeah. Yeah, and it's just really interesting details like that. There's I think there's a lot of things that aren't explained. For one thing, we, the evil force is clearly evil. They're like whale. Um, they're like robotic whales. Robotic whales, and we don't really know what they're there for. We don't. We know that they're trying to kill everybody in the academy, but we don't know why. There's a lot of things that aren't explained. It's also not explained how this, the academy get established. Why are they? How? How? This is how. <laughs> um, but and and I also feel like this isn't really spoiling it. Because it's only 12, 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the series finale felt like there's definitely more story they wanted, but it felt like because they probably knew that they only had 12 episodes, they had to just end everything on a really high note. Despite the fact that it happened so quickly, though. I feel like there's a lot of... It wasn't a real payoff. Because mm-hmm. all we really get is just a really feel-good ending that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Really. Mm-hmm. One of, one of the great things about this anime is that this is one of those special anime where it didn't have a manga or a light novel before it became an anime. No, this is one of those animes that it's based off a game. The Game Con Cold is uh, basically a simple game that is on a Japanese website. I forget the name already. It's too hard for me to play. I gave up on it after 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> and basically, it's just pretty much Battleship. Like, you have your attacks, you have your defenses, you have your stats of the girls, etc, etc, etc. And you try and win your matches. So, to create an anime, 12 full episodes based on a simple game of fighting back and forth to give it story, to give it drama, to give it comedy, to give it those casual episodes. Like, that's what's really impressive to me and how you can have, like, over 40 fucking characters. I don't even want try and name them all uh, but at the same time they all still need it like Nagato the Admiral and then there's the other two that are part of the staff and then there's yeah. Fubuki's friends and then there's Yudachi and then etc 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 boy um <laughs> boy um and how this anime does drama really good does action really good the CGI gets a little annoying but eh, because not, it, it's, it's not it's, the, it's an interspace between like the regular like the regular cell animation and then the CG and it's just and Love Live does this too like in Love Live it was mostly the, the, during the performances mostly during performances but it's still really noticeable and I wonder because they still have it it's just it's just, it's just very off-putting I yes. do think this because we've seen so many animes and then we see this one it feels like I can see like I can definitely start seeing like the very noticeable Okay, here's what an anime contains. We have a character who's resilient and who wants to succeed in everything, and then we have the uh, 
our supporters, and then we have these characters. It, it just, this one felt like more familiar, despite its premise, and I only wondered, like, even though it did kind of take me by surprise with some moments of genuine emotional value, it still felt a little bit too, a little safe. Even, I do know that later, their whole lifestyle is kind of threatened by the, the whale hybrids, but I don't know how else to call them. But I still feel like it could have been developed just a bit more. Like it seems like there's a lot of mythology, a lot of story there that just wasn't. It just didn't get a chance to be told. All right. Well, let's move on. Well, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> This one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold up my, hold back my enthusiasm. I will say this is my favorite anime of the entire collection that we've seen so far. This is Madoka Magica. Maha Shoujo Madoka Magica. Um, this series is about a middle schooler named Madoka who sees um, a creature called Kupe being beaten down by a magical girl named Homura, and then Kupe, after Kupe saved, and her friend and her friend Sayaka is there as well. Then they get introduced to the idea of magical girls. Like if you uh, make a contract with Kupe, you make one wish, and with that wish, you become a magical girl. And this series has been praised by many people as being a, the definitive deconstruction of the magical girl genre as we know it. And we're basing this off like every magical girl anime that's ever been released, like Sailor Moon, Card Captors, um, the other ones. <laughs> I can't, can't think of them right now. Do you have any examples of other magical girl animes? Vivid Operation. Then there's also like Sara Sakura, some other shit like that. Yeah, like, like series like that, and where it, it kind of presents with this premise of okay, you can become a magical girl, you can save the world, and you can be a superhero. But and when I mean deconstruction, I mean what exactly does it mean to be a magical girl? What are the sacrifices you have to do to be a magical girl? And how much can we make it not viable and sensible to be a magical girl? It's amazing because in the 12 episode arc, you get so many moments of humanity between each and every single character that every character, even the ones that seem detestable at first, or even the other way around, that you, a character you feel like you find comfort with can be the worst the worst thing in the world. And then the other character who's detestable turns out to be a really sympathetic character. I'm, I'm trying to be really careful not to spoil things because the, 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 it does matter a lot what kind of developments happen in the anime. Like, it matters a lot in terms of the, the emotional effect that this anime has. But, but essentially, Sayaka knows somebody who she's in love with, and he doesn't. I mean, he loses the ability to play instruments. And Sayaka keeps visiting him in the hospital, and the, the boy, when Sayaka brings like a, a, a classical music CD, he breaks the CD with his hands and cuts it. He cuts his wrists open with, with, by, by smashing it because he cannot stand the idea of no longer being able to play music. So what Sayaka does is that she wishes to Kube that uh, that he can play, that he can use his hands again. And that's the decision that Sayaka has to live with in, in the duration of the, of the rest of the series. I do know that, and I don't think this is spoilers, that the series takes a dark turn very early on, but I seriously think that there's something underlying the whole time because... One, you're seeing Homura beating up Kupe and he's bleeding. 
but then then they're transported to this this world which is the witch's the witch's gate yeah the witch's dungeon the witch's dungeon which has the most the most unsettling animation i've ever seen and it's a perfect contrast because in the regular series animation it's just like the very typical and well i don't want to say typical but it's like established anime animation techniques and then here it's like this stop motion like this it's just so unsettling the movements are just they're disturbing because it's just such a contrast to what we've seen before i feel like there's more of a focus on cinematography in the series there's more of a focus on tone there's more of a focus on symmetry it's more of a focus on mood it feels like every every single scene was done with very careful attention the kind of careful attention you would expect in like an animated film and, and it kind of changes your perspective about what a magical girl means what it means and it, it kind of makes you reconsider the, the whole concept of it what i think what i was trying to say before i got led astray because i i don't know i can talk about this for hours and hours and hours is that in the second episode when mommy is trying to teach madoka and sayaka about what it means to be a magical girl they try to they save someone from committing suicide and they talk about how curses exist in the real world but the curses they rather than just the evils of the world as in like it's a giant beast and it will kill everybody no it's it's natural evils the evils of depression, the evils of suicide, the evils of murder, and those kinds of other natural perversions that exist, that do exist in the world. That's what they're trying to stop. Like any good series, every episode had just, just, amount, just the right amount of information at the very end to kind of wind and lead to the next episode. But at the same time, the, the series was so good that they actually released it as two movies. And then the third movie, which we're going to see eventually, um, I think it's just called like Rebellion. Ma Madoka Magica Rebellion, but the first, but it, that kind of shows just how special the series was. That they thought this is good enough that we can just release what we've already produced as a movie. This is that extra care of attention, the extra care of attention to the characters, strong female characters, which is something that is very rare in any medium. It's something truly special, something truly remarkable, absolutely worth your time. This animal will fuck you up. Okay, so... <laughs> Are you okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. 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 When I first watched it, I, I, this is one of the animes that I watched blindly. Like I didn't watch clips off YouTube. I didn't ask one of my friends about it. It was just like, you know, this just look. So honestly, the only reason I watched this anime is I like the title. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So when I first saw the anime and I saw it was like a casual, it was like, oh, slice of life. It was like, this is interesting animation. Um, but then when I got to like episode three, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And it's it's interesting because the first two episodes have this really sweet song, but if you actually understand the Japanese, it's really fucked up. Because it's basically her saying that I don't know if I'll see you tomorrow, so I'll just say see you later. Jesus Christ. Which really get which really gives that undertone of like um there's this something, this there's something, there's something beyond just cutesy slice of life in this anime. Yep. But that's only if you actually understand the lyrics in the Japanese language. Right. To everyone else, it's like, oh, it's so cute, nice song, you know, they're, they're like talking about their friendship. But, but I still had the feeling that there was something going wrong. Was like I said in the second episode, they, they saved somebody from committing suicide. Yeah. 
this this show does drama really well. It does uh, exceptionally well. It does drama exceptionally well. It it even has some comedy here and there. <laughs> my favorite my favorite line is, "Girls can't love girls. Girls can't love girls." <laughs> hey, wait! You forgot your bag. Oh. <laughs> um, and. Really, the, the whole way it's put together and uh, Homura Akemi, who is basically emotionless, but for her own reasons, mm-hmm. really brings the show together in this... I, I, I will agree with Arlo, and even though I've seen like 60 series, I will call 60. it... I will call it one of the best animes I have ever seen and highly recommend it. So with all that being said, in the final segment, and I mean it, this is the final one, we're talking about the last few animes, and we'll even actually talk about... What did we learn from watching all this anime? (laughs) Good point, Gary. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this has been part 3 of our anime extravaganza. Taking us out this week is Sis Puella Magica, composed by Yuki Kaijura from the series Puella Magi Madoka Magica. As always, the Random Chatterings podcast can be found at randomsquigglewords.blogspot.com. The exciting conclusion is almost here. Thank you very much, and have a great day everyone.